be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Hallelujah. Well, that word of prophecy was just a confirmation of my message. I love the Holy Spirit. You know, for some reason, the Holy Spirit likes to confirm things, I found out. Amen. Oh, he loves to confirm things. Glory to God. To put his stamp of approval on it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. One verse I'm going to read to kick it off here. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. That is a powerful scripture. Amen. Well, today being the last day of 2006, we need to understand that it was the faithfulness of God that has gotten us through this year. It's the faithfulness of God that has brought you and I to this point, this day, this hour, right now. Amen? And there are some in this place that need their strength renewed because maybe some circumstances that have happened in the past year. And I believe that part of waiting on the Lord, it says to wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. Part of waiting on the Lord to receive strength includes examining your life. Examining the past year. As we come to the close of 2006, it would be good and profitable. I said profitable. For every person to take an inventory of this year, of 2006, before we move into the next uh, year, the next season of our lives. Uh, I want you to think about the people who you influenced this year. Did you influence them in a positive way or in a negative way? I want you to think uh, about your conduct, your attitudes in your home with your family. Are you spending as much time as you should with them? If your answer is no right now, I want you to think about how you would feel. Think about your kids becoming adults and them saying, Mommy or Daddy never spent time with me. Think about that. They need you, parents. They need you to spend time with them. Or how about your spouse when he or she is old and ready to pass away and them on their deathbed saying, so much of my life was wasted. So much of my time was wasted. Because maybe there is ill feelings held against each other. I'll tell you right now, just a note to marriages, the greatest barrier to intimacy in your marriage relationship is unresolved issues unresolved hurts and wounds don't take it to your deathbed deal with it now open up to each other deal with the situations that have caused bitterness pain and resentment within your marriage that goes with any relationship don't mask the pain because healing won't occur until those issues are dealt with in your life in your marriage in your other relationships amen how many of you know we need to live a life of no regrets? That has just been going in my spirit for the last uh, probably month. The, live a life of no regrets. And that is so powerful. I want you to think, uh, younger kids, I want you to think of your conduct at school. Adults, 
And young adults, I want you to think of your conduct at your workplace. Did you make an impact for Christ in 2006 in those places? Were you obedient to the word of God, obedient to the Holy Spirit, or are there instances that the Holy Spirit is bringing to your remembrance right now of disobedience? You need to confess those times of disobedience as sin. Don't try to shove it under the rug. Just bring it out into the open with the Lord. Amen? You need to acknowledge that you sinned in those situations because that will bring a greater intimacy in your relationship with the Lord. Masking the problem never works. Amen? Now, I don't bring up these things to throw feelings of condemnation uh, upon you or guilt, but uh, I want you to know that those feelings can be erased and you can have a new beginning in life. That's why I entitled this message, New Beginnings. You can change things. Right now, things can be different in your life. A new start, a new beginning, amen? Amen. So, but you know, things that's happened in the past, sure there's consequences for our mistakes, right? There's some things in our lives that, ha that have happened that we can't erase, amen? Such as maybe a divorce, maybe something that occurred in the past, but it can't be erased. But God can heal you, amen? God can heal you of all of those things in your life, the feelings of guilt, feelings of condemnation, hallelujah. And we need to learn from our past mistakes. And not only do we need to learn from our past mistakes, but we need to help others avoid those same mistakes. Amen? Come on, there's a scripture in, I, I, I believe, 1st or 2nd Timothy, where Paul tells the older women to teach the younger women. The pits, traps, and snares that you have fallen into in your life, you need to train up the younger generation, adults. Amen? So they can avoid those same pit, pits, traps, and snares. So, so we need to learn from our past mistakes. Listen to me. God's will is not for you to live in the past, but in the present. He wants us to look forward to the future. Live in the present, look forward to the future. But listen, many of you, and you heard me say it many times, and there's some in this place listening to me, that you're still in bondage to your past, and you need healing. You can't get over that hump. You need healing. You need to open up about it. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit gave me this sentence, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is powerful. The greatest enemy to accomplishing the vision that God has given you in your future is you it's you it's plain and simple you're your greatest enemy the power to fulfill your god-given destiny on this earth is in your hand it's in yours god has a plan but the question is now are you going to follow it you're your greatest enemy the decisions that you make will determine what road you're going to travel on in life Sure, devil and evil spirits, they're going to try to put roadblocks in the way, but they can't stop you if you choose to be obedient to the will, the word of God. They, they're going to try to hinder you. Don't, don't kid yourself, right? They're our enemy, but they can't stop you. They'll stop you if you get some resistance and you just give up, you throw in the towel. Okay, they stopped you then, but it was still your decision to throw in the towel. They're going to try to throw those roadblocks in. But the word of God says 
that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. If you will do what you are called to do as a child of God. No weapon, none, zero can come against you. So are you ready to push through those roadblocks, push through those hindrances, to have a new start, a new beginning right now? Amen? And if that roadblock is not being removed in your life, well, it's time to take an inventory of your spiritual walk. What's going on? How are you living your life? Is there something that you're giving place to the enemy that's just stopping your spiritual progress? Or number two, what's the other thing? Number two, you're pursuing something that isn't the will of God in your life. <laughs> and you're just coming up against roadblocks. Amen? So, now I want to give you some examples of people in the Word of God that were given a new beginning despite their past. Let's talk about this a little bit. Who are some individuals that had a new beginning despite their horrible past? Number one, the first one that the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance was Mary Magdalene. She was a prostitute. She was a prostitute. Now, can you imagine the guilt and the shame that was on her shoulders from such a sinful life? She not only came her past, but the word of God said that seven demons were cast out of her and she was set free. Christ set her free from the enemy, from the demons that have been attacking her her whole life because of her sinful lifestyle. And it, I mean, what a conversion. What a wonderful example of the mercy and grace of God. I mean, this woman ministered to Jesus from prostitute to minister. Hallelujah. Now, I, if a prostitute can do that, how many of you know we can do that? Amen? You can have a new beginning. Mary Magdalene had a new beginning. She dropped it. She received healing. She realized she was a new person in Christ, and she lived it. She lived it. Hallelujah. She was given a new beginning. The love and acceptance that she was searching for her whole life was now found in Christ alone. And if you're searching for that love and acceptance today, you can stop searching right now because it's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. Nothing else is going to bring that peace. Nothing. Who's another one? Who's another character from the Word of God that received new beginnings? And I say beginnings because this one received several new beginnings. And his name is David. Oh, my, my, my. Now, if anyone knew about the grace and the mercy of God, it was David. Boy, this guy really fell in the pit a couple of times, didn't he? He sure did. He made many mistakes in his life. But one characteristic that God reveals in his word to us is that David was quick to repent. His heart was soft before God. I mean, come on. He knew that his life was an open book and nothing was hidden from the sight of God. Turn with me to Psalm 51. I want to go through Psalm 51 with you because there are some powerful truths in this one psalm that really stand out. Hallelujah. You can have a new beginning right now. You can drop the junk from the past. You can live in the present, and you can look forward to the future. Hallelujah. 
Psalms 51, verses 1 through 17. Just as the Holy Ghost brings it to me, I'm just going to pull out some things from certain scriptures. Verse 1, have mercy upon me, O God. Basically, this is a prayer of repentance from David. All right? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. What jumps out to me in this scripture is thank God that God's mercy is dependent on his loving kindness and not man's loving kindness. Oh my goodness, how many of you know if it was up to us, we wouldn't give anyone a new start, would we? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. Without the love of God being manifested in our lives toward other people, nope, we're just judges. Amen? And we condemn people. That's it. But thank God that it's according to God's loving kindness, his mercy. Hallelujah. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David recognized that only God can remove that guilt and shame from his sin. Only God can remove it. And only the blood of Jesus Christ can remove the stain of sin in your life. Amen? For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. This guy felt pretty bad for what, he've done, what he's done. Can you, do you kind of get that picture? He felt real bad, and it says he acknowledged his transgressions. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He recognized that, that his sin has brought pain to God. How many of you know when we sin, it brings pain to God? I mean, you know, yeah, we, we always think of, you know, when we mess up or something, God's just there ready just to give us a swift kick or a punch. But I, it makes God sad. It makes God sad. Why? Why would it? Because God wants to bless us. And if, he's, if we're not in a position for him to bless us, it grieves him. Do you understand that? It grieves him when we are not in a position where he can bless us. Because he takes pleasure in blessing his children. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Oh, you desire truth in the inward parts. Be real with yourself. Don't try to mask your sin. Oh, it was only just a little white lie. Or it was a, no, it was sin. Be truthful with yourself and with your life. Amen? Don't try to mask it because God desires truth in our inward parts. Hallelujah. Verse 7, purge me. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hallelujah. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all of my iniquities. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Oh, you see, David had a taste of the presence of God. And he knew the difference when the presence of God was on him and when it wasn't. How many of the Christians in here, when you messed up, you have tasted of the presence of God and when you can tell when the presence of God is not there when you're grieving the Holy Spirit? Can you tell? Night and day difference. I don't know about you, but I get in a bad mood when that happens to me. Amen? 
I mean, I'll even get so sensitive to the point where when I'm in the prayer closet, when I'm praying and, and, oh, I'm just wrapped, surrounded in the anointing, the presence of God, and and I'm done praying, I know I have to go and do my other duties and stuff like that, I actually get irritated because it's back to the grind. When you just want to bask in the presence of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one in here? No, no. I know I'm not. Oh, we need to be that sensitive. We need to be that sensitive with the presence of God. Amen? Of course we can carry the presence of God when we're doing our regular duties. But in those private, those intimate times with the Lord, it's special. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, verse 12. Look at this. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. You know, the fruit of salvation should be joy, right? Why so many Christians walking around with a, with a sour look on their face all the time? The, the, the fruit of salvation is joy. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Look at this, and uphold me with your generous spirit. When, when I read that, I, immediately, I, I don't know if this is a Holy Ghost or my own spirit, but uphold me by a generous portion of your spirit. Ooh, hallelujah. Look at this. 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. See, we need to lead others in the right way. David made mistakes, and he's saying, Lord, fix me. I can't fix myself right now. I need you to fix me. And he said, you fix me, restore the joy of my salvation, take this guilt and shame away from me. I'm going out there and I'm gonna help others so they don't fall into the same trap that I've fallen into. That's the will of God. For us to make what? What are we supposed to make for Christ? Disciples, learners, followers. Amen? Lead them in the right path. Verse 14, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. Look at this, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. God wants your heart. He knows when you're broken, you're at the end of yourself, Now he can operate. Now he can work through you. Now your pride is gone. I don't know about you, but in those 17 verses that I read, I don't get a hint of pride in David's life right there. Do you? Not a bit. That's why God likes a broken spirit. When we're broken before him, God, use me. I'm at the end of myself. I can't do it on my own. I need you. I need you in my life. I need you to fix me. Amen? Who's another character here that, that got a new beginning? How about Paul? The apostle Paul was given a new beginning. Actually, his name was Saul, S-A-U-L. And he later, be, the name change came and he was become, the, become Paul or the apostle Paul. Saul was a man who was throwing Christians in prison. And murdering them because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine the guilt on your shoulders for that? And I'll tell you what, all throughout 
The writings where the Holy Ghost used the Apostle Paul to write, boy, you can tell that there's thankfulness on the Apostle Paul's heart. Amen? He knew it was the grace of God that changed him. It was not in himself. Amen? So he was murdering. He was throwing Christians in prison because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus that changed his life forever. The man that was beating and killing Christians is now given a new beginning. And now he's a chosen vessel by the Lord Jesus Christ himself to teach and preach the gospel and be used to write much of the New Testament in the word of God. Now that is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, you, I, I just see testimonies all the time of people in prison, people who murdered people, uh, you know, and, and now they're converted and, and they're so on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's a sad day when people who are in prison are more free than, peop- than Christians who are not in a prison. Why? Because there's Christians walking the streets today who are in an emotional prison. Amen? Amen. Now, but isn't it beautiful how God changed from his name from Saul to Paul? Just that fact right there illustrates there's a new beginning right there. A new beginning. Hallelujah. And lastly here, let's touch on another individual that knows about the grace of God, who is touched by the mercy and the grace of God. And his name is Peter. His name is Peter. Peter was given a new beginning. Peter was chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ himself to be one of the 12. Peter spent three whole years with Jesus ministering the gospel. Now, come on. A lot of times we just think, oh, okay, he's with him three years. You got to understand something. That those three years were a real intimate, close friendship relationship. Do you understand that? It wasn't just a shallow acquaintance thing. Jesus poured his life into the 12. Amen? So he, they were extremely close for three years. Yet in Jesus' darkest hour, when he needed the, the most support, Peter denied him. Peter denied him. After spending three whole years with the Lord Jesus Christ and being close and intimate with him. In Jesus' darkest hour, Peter denies him three times. The word of God says that Peter wept immediately after he denied knowing Christ. He knew it. Peter knew. I really blew it. I blew it. Jesus is going to be murdered because of me. You know, Peter didn't understand God's plan. Amen. But can you imagine the guilt on his shoulders? That's, that's phenomenal. Phenomenal pain. It must have been so emotionally overwhelming for Peter. But you know what? That's not the end of the story. That's not the end for Peter. A resurrected and healing Jesus was getting ready to heal Peter's broken heart. Turn to John 21 as I get ready to close here. John 21 Maybe it was the end of a chapter for Peter's life. 
But it was, it was about time for a new beginning for his life also. Amen? Hallelujah. For every end, there's a beginning. When, when the end of your life comes on this earth, there's a new beginning for the Christian in heaven for eternity. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at this. Little did Peter know that a resurrected and healing Jesus was about to heal his broken heart. John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, tend, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. What's the significance of that visitation? Peter denied Jesus three times, and then Jesus comes along asking Peter, do you love me? Three times. Jesus was giving Peter a chance to redeem the times that he denied him. Oh, isn't that powerful? Oh, my goodness. Three times. Jesus was giving Peter a new start, a new beginning. Can you imagine the healing? The healing after that circumstance that came to him. There is no greater feeling than to know that you're in right standing with God. Can you say amen to that? Peter then went on to be a mighty apostle for the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of you who have failed, for those of you who have denied Christ in the past, even as a Christian, you too can make the change like Peter did and be used mightily by God. You can have a new start. Just as Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. If you get real quiet and still before the Lord today, I believe the Holy Spirit is right now whispering in your heart the same question. God is asking you, do you love me? And if your answer is yes, you too can have a new beginning in your life, as Peter did, and all of the others. Amen? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. And it's time for you to feed God's sheep. Not just the pastor. It's for every Christian. He's saying, do you love me? Then go feed my sheep. Hallelujah. Help others. Lead them. Now maybe there's someone in here who has never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. The Word of God says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week. No, it says when you're being pricked in your heart, today, that day, right now, is the day to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Don't wait, don't put it off. If that's you, and you want a new birthday, a born-again experience today to be saved, and know your destination for eternity is with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to come to this altar right now. 
Maybe you're a Peter. Maybe you you denied Christ. You failed. And you've been carrying an incredible amount of guilt and shame and pain in your life. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar so you can rededicate your life to the Lord. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come to this altar and I want to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you need a healing in your body. Maybe you need a healing in your emotions. Maybe you need someone just to come in agreement about a situation in your life, in your house, in your family. Maybe you have a broken marriage and you need someone to pray with you. I want you to come forward. If you have a broken marriage, I want you and your spouse to come forward. I want to pray with you this morning. I believe there's an anointing for marriages this morning. I sense that. And for all others, all you who need a new beginning, I want you just to lift your hands to the Lord right now. And you want to start brand new. You want to start fresh. You want the guilt. You want the shame. You want the pain removed of the past. And you're ready to move forward. Just lift your hands and give it to God right now. In fact, take the baggage and throw it over your shoulder right now just by faith. Just go ahead. Pick it up. Pick up the, the weight from the path right now. Just throw it back. Come on. It's time for a new beginning, a new start. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord as the music plays.
One day, better one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. that are represented in here today. Lord, I pray 
that you would love each person, Lord God, through their spouse. I pray that the flame of their marriage would be ignited. I pray it would burn hotter and hotter and hotter in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Being that our marriages are a representation of our relationship with Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. The Lord showed up today. Hallelujah. I wasn't disappointed. Well, you guys come on back on, on uh, Wednesday and help us undecorate. And we'll just have a time of fellowship. The undecorating is probably not going to take long, but it'll be a, just a fellowship time then. It's good. We need to get to know each other. Amen? Yes. Amen. So come on back Wednesday. And uh, if you can't then, come back on Sunday. So be blessed. Thanks for coming today. God bless you.